do it that way. Great. Uh, right, Acts 3. Why don't you uh, turn in that direction? Um, we're doing our series, Neighbourhoods to Nation, and uh, mission starts by loving God and loving the people right in front of you. Yeah? And Paul gave us such a uh, helpful um, provocation last week. It, it just provokes conversations in, in our house, just thinking about how can we uh, just be, be mission and love the people, love God and love the people that God has put right in front of us. Um, and uh, so it really, that's, that's the heart of, of mission. And actually, oh, one more thing, with that in mind, with mission in mind, um, can we make a, uh, a, a, an agreement, okay? Can we make an agreement? Uh, we will do our best to start on time, okay? You know what's coming, right? Here's, the, here's our side of the deal. We will do our best to start on time at half past ten. Could you do your best to be here before half past ten? I mean, especially, you think missionally and so on, if guests are arriving and new folk are arriving, uh, you know, if you invite people around for, for a meal um, and you, you know, you, you pitch up half an hour, ten minutes after you invite them around and they're sat on your doorstep, that's a bit awkward, isn't it? And so it'd be great to uh, just think missionally about that. Hey, new folk coming to church, we want to welcome them, and let's, let's be here. Maybe a little bit early, because new folk often arrive early, because they're not, you know, they're not as sort of laid back as, uh, you know, they want to suss everything out. So uh, if we can make that agreement, we'll do our end to hold up the bargain, and please do yours. Right. Um, Acts 3. If I asked you, uh, if I asked you now, what, what is it you, what is your greatest need right now? What is it? You, what, what do you really need uh, right, right now? You might say, uh, I need a new car. You know, it's busted and it's old and it's, you know, hung, hung together by a thread. I need a new car. Or uh, I need a pay rise, you know, inflation and the cost of energy bills and, and things like that. I need a pay rise. I need a new job. I need a, uh, a spouse. I mean, you know, whatever it is. I wonder what it is you would ask me, what you would answer me with. Well, in this uh, account that we're going to read in Acts 3, which uh, of a lame man, he's unnamed, who thought that he knew what he needed. He thought he knew his greatest need. He'd had a difficult life. That the, as we read the passage, it tells us he was lame from birth. If you go on to chapter 4, it tells us he's, he's about 40, so he's been lame a long time. It's been a difficult life, a, clearly a terrible situation. Uh, and he obviously didn't have very much, but he didn't get what he asked for but he received something else of far more value. So let's read Acts chapter 3. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at three in the afternoon. Now, a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg for those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, Silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When, when the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Wow, what a story. These guys on their way to pray and just this, this, suddenly this man, you know, begging for money, receives healing and salvation. Wow, what an account. They're confronted by this, this lame man looking for money. I have no silver and gold, they say, but what I do have I give 
to you. What, what faith, you know, we've been hearing about faith this morning. What faith is that? What boldness and courage is, is that? You know, they could have said, look, look, we're busy. We're on our way to a prayer meeting. You know, I'm leading a prayer meeting in a minute, or I'm, I'm just busy. Uh, you know, or sorry, I haven't got any money. You know, I haven't got any change. But they knew what they had could change this man's life. They, knew, they didn't wait for, uh, you know, kind of, oh, well, you know, we're, uh, I'm being facetious, but, you know, we're running an alpha course in a few weeks' time. You know, here's, a, here's, a, here's, a, here's an alpha, come along, whatever. It's, there's an opportunity. The, the Holy Spirit presented them with an opportunity, and they seized on it. They seized on it. They knew the words of Christ that I preached on a few weeks ago, the Great Commission, that all authority in heaven and earth has been given to Jesus, to Christ, and now go, and now Go. They, they took Jesus at his word. They held to the promises that, that Jesus was going to be with them. Though he wasn't there physically, he'd ascended, but he was there by his spirit with them. They held on to his promises that they would do greater things, that they would, he would use them by his spirit to heal and to save. It, it wasn't just, uh, for Peter and John, it wasn't just head knowledge. You know, It wasn't just uh, kind of, oh yeah, I understand the gospel, I understand that Jesus died and rose again. But no, it penetrated their hearts, and now, now they're living it out. Now they're, they're living out this, this great commission. Oh, right, Jesus is with me by his spirit, and, and he's told me to go and save and heal. Wow, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live it out. It had taken root in their hearts. Peter, who had, had denied Christ, right? Yeah, he'd, uh, he'd rebuked Jesus. I mean, this, this guy's got some track record, but uh, he's a changed, transforms man. But only Jesus can do that. Only Jesus can turn, can turn weak, sinful fools into men and women of faith and courage. You know, they're not, they're not superheroes, but it's the power of God at work in them. It's the power of God. That's what, that's what enables them to be, to be bold and courageous like that and to step out is faith. It's not because they're, uh, they're special, they're superheroes or anything like that. It's No, no, no. They're weak, weak men, but with the power of God, the Holy Spirit in them. And Peter, look, look closely at his words. I have no silver and gold, but what I do have, I give to you. To state the, the obvious there, you can only give something away that is truly yours. Yeah? So, uh, if, uh, you know, I might, I might be feeling really generous and, and, and want to give you uh, my, my car, okay? But, but the reality is, that my car is, it's a lease and so on, and so it's not, it's not really mine, okay? So even if, I, even if I felt really generous and felt like, yeah, I want to give away my car, I couldn't, okay? It's not, it's not mine to give, yeah? You can only give away something that is truly yours. The life and love of Christ was truly theirs, yeah? It was, they truly received the, the gospel. They truly received Jesus in their hearts, and so they could give it, share it with others. They could give it to others. Is it, is it truly yours? Have you received Jesus as Lord? Do you know him as Lord? Is he Lord of your life? Because only if you've truly received him can you, do you have something to give away. Yeah? We can, pay it, we can pay it lip service. We can kind of know it in our heads. And yeah, you know, I've been brought up in a Christian family. And yeah, I know the gospel. And I, I you know, blah, blah, blah. And, but somehow we can, we can miss it. We can miss it. Do you know that he is, do you know Jesus? And is he truly yours? Is he truly yours? Is he truly yours and are you his? That is the gospel, that Jesus died 
Jesus died for you and me. He died paying the price on the cross and, and rose again that, that, that we might be his and he might be ours. That's the gospel, folks. That's why he paid with his life at the cross to bring us back into relationship with him. So let's quickly recap. We've got a lame man looking for money. He's, he's wonderfully healed. I mean, wonderfully healed. His response, verse 8, he leapt and praised God. He knew who had healed him, didn't he? He knew who had healed him. It wasn't Peter or John. It was Jesus. It was Jesus. We read in, uh, in verse 8, jumping and praising God. When the people saw him walking and praising God, this man, he knew who'd healed him. It wasn't Peter or John. He recognized it was, it was Jesus. It was God that had healed him. And there's power in the name of Jesus, isn't it? Not like a, not like a spell or anything like that, but, but rather the, the power in, in his name, referring to his authority, sovereignty, and power. And so when we, when we pray, this week when we've been praying and when we've gathered to pray regularly and, and in our own lives, we can pray with confident expectation. We can pray with authority because Jesus is with us by his Spirit. When we gather together, whether it's a week of prayer, whether it's times like this, whether it's just after I preach and in a little while we're gonna we're gonna pray for the sick, we can pray so we can pray so with confident expectation and authority that Jesus is with us. Not because there's anything special about, about me or others that will be praying. No, no, because Jesus is with us and we can do so, pray so confidently. It was wonderful hearing those testimonies that Beth shared. This is what Jesus does. We can pray. We can pray for the impossible because Jesus is with us. This man, he, he had a, a grateful heart, didn't he? You know, immediately he's, been, he, he's, he's healed, he's leaping and praising God. Wonderful, isn't it? Just, and, and so we should we need, we cultivate thankful hearts. You know, if, if anything like me, we could, I can be praying for something um, or, um, and, you know, think, Lord, change this situation, help me with this, and, um, and then maybe, the, you know, at some point the situation changes or work out, whatever, and I can so quickly move on to the next thing. You know, I can move past that, what I prayed for, and think, right, okay, now, now, now my next greatest need is this, and I completely just move apart. Let's, let's be those with, who cultivate a thankful heart. You know, when, when good stuff goes on and around us, let's, oh, Lord, Heavenly Father, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for, for answer to prayer here. Lord, thank you that this situation has, has turned out far better than I expected to. Let us be those that cultivate thankful hearts. It's so counter-cultural, you know. It's so kind of looking for, oh, what's the, where's the problem here? And, and how are we going to solve this here? Let, let's be those with grateful hearts to God for what he's done. Even if, even if you look at your life right now and you think, you know what, think things aren't going great. You know, difficult here, difficult there. I haven't seen answer to prayer there. We, we can cultivate a thankful heart because of what Jesus has done. Yeah? We should be overflowed of joy because of what Jesus has done in our lives, that though we don't deserve it, though we, don't, we can't earn it, he chose, chose to pour out his love and grace on you and me. We should be as with thankful hearts, despite our situation and circumstances around us. But this passage goes on to speak of a, uh, a wider problem. Let's pick it up in uh, verse 11. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came, I bet, and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made this man walk? 
the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided, though, excuse, though he had decided to, let, to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and, and know was made strong, it is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can see. Now, fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance, as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. In the same way, the, the, this man, this lame man, thought he knew what he needed, but he went in search of something, but he went in search of something else. So the people, they rejected and denied that Jesus in their ignorance. They thought they knew what they needed, and it wasn't Jesus. They went off chasing other things, chasing fulfillment, chasing satisfaction, pleasure, when it's only really to be found in the person and work of Jesus. And in the same way that he was, this lame man was seeking something really superficial, money. Yeah, he thought that was his greatest need, I just need some money. So we can, can't we? Culture can, can just pursue very superficial things, thinking, yeah, that's the greatest need, career, success, fame, job, house, wealth, health, all these things, they're not, they're not bad, but they're, they're superficial when compared to Christ. Jesus offers in verse 19 that your sins may be wiped out, that your sins may be wiped out, and that a time of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord. That is the promise of the gospel, folks. That Jesus died so that mine and your sins may be wiped out and we may enjoy time of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. How glorious is that? How wonderful is that? How, how grateful is that? When I, when I stop and pause and reflect and think, oh, and look at Jesus and realize, in my own life, and realize, oh, I'm so undeserving. Look at what I've done. Look at the, the mess and the, the sin in my life. Jesus died that my sins might be wiped away and that I may be refreshed in the presence of the Lord. Suddenly what's, what's going on in my life and the, the, the day-to-day right now pales into insignificance when I look at that and realize I'm accepted and I'm loved by Jesus. Psalm 84, we're gonna, in a little while we're going to uh, uh, sing about this. It says, Better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God's and dwell in the tents of the wicked. This is, this is the wonder of knowing Jesus, the wonder of coming into his presence. I want to ask us a couple of questions this morning. Are you chasing something that's superficial? You know, it's, that's a big question, but, you know, what occupies your, your thoughts, your desires, your energy, your time? You're chasing something that's superficial. Culture is it's such kind of a, a river of just, uh, you, know, you get swept up along in it, can't you? You know, in terms of uh, job, career, money, wealth, house, car, all these, fame, all these things. We can just get, get caught up along in it. 
and to think, oh, I'm just going to kind of take God along for the ride and we can get swept up into it. It's just all the pressures and everything is, is pointing us in that direction. And yet it's, it's superficial. It's superficial. The second question, do you know him as, as truly as yours? Is he your Lord? Do you seek to, to please him and to know him, to know him better? Or are you just in search of what he can do for you? There's been times in my life where uh, it's, it's very much been a case of, what, what, what can you do for me, Lord? Well, if he's, I know he's with me, and it's kind of an insu- you know, almost feels like an insurance policy of, of well, you know, if, 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 if I go to eternity, get to be with him. And, and it's almost like a bolt onto what I want to do in my life. And, and uh, Jesus, what are you going to help me in this situation? I don't know how I'd face this situation without you. But, and, that, and that's been the, the direction of my desires rather than, Lord, I want to know you better. Lord, I want to know you better. I want to know you truly, truly, truly as mine and commit myself truly as yours. Because only if you know him as Lord will you have something to give away. Like Peter and John, only if you, if you know him as truly yours will you actually have something to give away. Otherwise, it's just like a lease car, right? It's not really yours. Yeah? Make sure you've received the gospel and it's taken root in your heart and that what you're chasing after isn't temporary, and superficial, which is to say that if it's not Jesus, that it is. Let's be those who pursue him. Yeah, above all else, above all the bright lights of the world, let's be those who pursue him. That place of that first place of importance in our hearts. It's so easy just just day to day to, to lose track and pressures of the day and and and, the, and, and, and so on. And, and they're good things. They're not bad things often that can just take that place of first important importance in our hearts. Let it be Jesus. Pursue Him. He's the answer to whatever we need. You know, you might think your greatest need is is this or that. Actually, it's it's Jesus. It's a relationship with Jesus. It's knowing Jesus better. Hurting frustrated, bored, lonely, broke, afraid, happy, miserable, unfulfilled. It's the, it's, the answer is Jesus. The answer is knowing Jesus better. I know for myself, I'm a, I'm a fixer. You know, when, when, when I see a situation, when something's not quite right, I look at it and I think, right, now how, how, what steps do I need? How am I going to change this situation? How am I going to fix this situation? And... Uh, I can, I, can, I, can, I can do it with my wife, which doesn't get any, any husband will tell you that doesn't work well. And um, anyway, but, but I can, prayer, I can come to God as an afterthought. I can be like, well, I've, I've tried this, God, I've tried this, I've tried to figure this out, and, and now I've hit the buffers. Now I, now I don't know what else to do. This, none of this other stuff has worked, and, and so kind of if all else fails, I'm going to pray. Yeah? It's kind of a plan B. Who, yeah, anyone recognize that in their life? It's not just me, I trust. And... Uh, and yet, that's not how God would, would, in, would encourage us to approach him in prayer. Not as kind of a try everything else and then pray. I mean, don't get me wrong, he wants us to come in prayer. But, but rather, he wants us to, to seek him in prayer first. God, help me with this. Rather than let's try and figure it out and control it on our own. No, no, let's seek him in prayer. Let's pursue him in prayer. I want you to know, imagine this morning, uh, on your way in here, into church this morning, Somebody asked you for money, yeah? Like this, this lame man on, on the way into the temple, somebody asked you for money. I mean, this is a challenging passage, isn't it? This challenged me. I think, what would I have said? Would I have said, sorry, I haven't got any change? Um, would I have said, you know, busy, I'm late, you know, don't you know, I'm preaching today? Um, 
what, what would I have said? You know, I, I, might, have, I might have taken him for a co- taken him a coffee, you know. Um, it's not nothing wrong with that. Taken for, you know, some, being a bit of kindness and so on. But what would I have done? And of course, the million dollar question, would I have prayed for him? Yeah, I mean that's a that's a that's a sticky wicket, isn't it? Just like would I have would I have prayed for him? Oh, and yet this passage quite clearly, this is what this is what Peter and John did. They're no superheroes. They just hey, what I've got, I'll give to you. Get up and walk. It's pretty pretty simple. They're not they're, they're not special. Would I have prayed for him? That is that is that should challenge and provoke provoke us. But this is the gospel, isn't it? Neighbourhoods of the nations. It's not just, uh, you know, wonderful like Ben and Sarah going off to Frankfurt the other week. But it's, that's not just mission. It's sometimes just who God puts, puts in your path on a, on a day, on a Monday morning, on a Sunday morning, on, on any, any time of day. It's just who God puts in front of you. Maybe a, a co-worker, a colleague, a, a neighbour. It can be just whoever God puts in front of you. It's about being available. As we'll read through this book of Acts, so much of it is just being available to what the Holy Spirit does. You know, I love the, the, uh, when we see Philip just pop up in, uh, in, in the book of Acts. You know, the Holy Spirit just kind of speaks to him and, and, and suddenly he's uh, sharing the gospel and baptizing an Ethiopian and the next thing is Holy Spirit moves him on. I just love how he's available to the, to the Holy Spirit. It can be risky though, can't it? It can be risky. I mean, as we'll come on to read, uh, events like this got, got Peter and John in trouble. It can be, it can be risky. They can, they, we can get into, get into trouble. They can sometimes affect our relationships. People can think we're weird or, or, or silly or anything like that. It can be risky, but Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, is with us. I've loved just uh, now and again I hear stories just going on in the, uh, across the church. It was wonderful hearing Beth's um, testimony, but... Uh, I heard about, I'm, I mean, sorry to embarrass you, I haven't asked permission, any of you, but um, it's great hearing uh, Johnny about just sharing a faith with the barista. I wrote barrister down here. I think it's barista though, right? Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, just, just wonderful, you know, and, and, and I'm sure there are, I, I know there are other stories out there about folk just in everyday life, you know, grabbing a coffee or whatever, just sharing their faith. Now, Guy's not here, but, you know, I don't think he's here, the, the barista, but a seed has been planted there. Precious seed has been planted. And so we trust that the Holy Spirit will, will cause that to grow. But it's precious. It's precious stuff. Natalie this week, uh, my wife Natalie this week, just a um, non-Christian, close friend of hers, kids having a difficult time at school, um, just, she just prayed with her on the phone, you know? I mean, you might think that's nothing, but just, just prayed with a non-Christian friend on, on the phone. And it's, it's powerful stuff. I mean, these guys, they just prayed, didn't they? That's, that's what they did. They prayed, and God moved. It's simple, it's scary, but it's powerful. Perhaps Ed and Karis can come back up. and um, Shall we stand? We're going to uh, take communion now. Um, and uh, also, we're going we're gonna to pray for people. We, uh, we used to do this almost every week, but with sort of uh, coronavirus and, and things, we, uh, we haven't. But you can't preach from a passage like this and not just pray for, for the sick. And uh, thank you, Stuart. And so as we take communion, the bread and the wine during this song, uh, I want, there'll be a few of us there. Maybe if, uh, uh, if you're a leader here or a life group leader, it'd be great for you to come and join and, and, and pray for people. There's, there's nothing special about us. It's just... We're just going to pray that God, God does it. It won't be us that heal it, it will be that God by his Holy Spirit. And if you're sick, 
all right, just let us pray for you. It might be, uh, you might just think, oh, this is so minor and petty. You know, it's a, it's a sports injury and I did it myself and, uh, you know, uh, something like that. Or it might, be, it might be quite serious, you know. Um, you might be really sick. It might be mental health or anything like that. We'd love just to, to pray for you and, and invite the Holy Spirit to invite Jesus to heal you this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you. We love you, we, we love you Lord. We love the, the wonderful simplicity of, of the gospel, Lord. Lord, we love this, this, this book of Acts we're working through, Lord. Just extraordinary encounters, Lord, with ordinary men and women like us, doing extraordinary things by the power of the Holy Spirit in them, Lord. Lord, we want to be a people who, who put you first in our lives, Lord. Who know you as... We say, Lord, we, you're, you're Lord of my life. I am yours and you are mine. I pray for us, Lord, this, uh, that we'd be a people who sees, bold, sees, boldly seize opportunities when folk are put across our paths, when there's the opportunity to to share our faith or to uh, just to pray for somebody, Lord. I pray we'd, we'd be that we wouldn't be those who run scared. Lord, we can all do it. I pray we'd be those who, with confident expectation that, oh yeah, I've got the Spirit of Christ in me. Of course I'll pray. We thank you for your cross, Lord, for your gospel. Your body broken for us, your blood poured out for us, Lord. How astonishingly grateful that should make us because of what you've done for us, your love for us. Thank you, Lord. Let's take the uh, bread and the wine now. And I say there'll be a few of us mingling just over here. We'd love just to come and pray for you. And uh, we can, yeah, we can.